Well, Harley, welcome back into the studio. Uh, dude, stop stop shivering. Seriously. Oh, stop. <laughs> stop shivering. I think it took me until this morning to thaw out from <laughs> doing the Old Man Winter Rally yesterday. Oh, man. So Harley and I, along with several other people, did Well, Old let's, Man Let's Winter. call them out. Yeah. Colin okay, was it. there. Colin. Sam was there. Chamby was there. Mm-hmm. Ellison was there. Got it. Um... Colin's girlfriend, Holly, did her first ever bike race. Crushed the freaking 50K. Killed it. Killed it. Um, and then like, like several hundred other lunatics. Yeah. But that was our squad. Mm-hmm. That was our group. That was our, that was our crew. Those were the people we rolled out with. <clears throat> and it was, uh, it was a rough day. So for those of you that aren't familiar, Old Man Winter Rally, this is the first time we've done it. So it was our first go at it. And it's a 100-kilometer gravel race. So... Gravel racing is a bit different than mountain bike racing in the sense that you know it's going to be faster because we're on road bikes with gravel tires, effectively. Um, for those of you that are in the know, you know you have gravel bikes, but then you have endurance road bikes, then you've got cyclocross bikes. But for the average you know, pedestrian, a gravel bike is a road bike with knobby tires. Yeah. And yeah. then we spend the race on pavement, on dirt roads, and some single track, but for the most part, pavement and dirt roads. And a hike bike that I took issue with <laughs> we'll get into the hike <laughs> bike but for the constructs of of what the race was it was 100 kilometers it gained just oh, in between five and six thousand feet of elevation gain mm-hmm. uh started at 10 a.m in lions yesterday and at 10 a.m in lions yesterday there was a solid haze of a, a good fog at yeah. 28 degrees Humidity no sun was up, no, no sun, sun at all stiff wind it was freaking cold it was a, it was a rough condition to even just get out of the truck and say, I have to put on bike clothes and go do a bike race. If I didn't carry, and we'll get into it, if I didn't carry as much rage as I have carried <laughs> into the parking spot that you saw me just irk <laughs> into 22 minutes before the race started, I would have been cold. Fortunately, I started off hot, but I got cold quick. Yeah. It was, I mean, the second we rolled out of the start gate, I realized I had dressed Poorly. I, I grossly underestimated. I brought three cold. pairs of, of gloves and I picked the worst pair. I'm, I, I chucked to the side in that Rage Fury. I chucked to the side the thick pair that I needed. Mm-hmm. But luckily, uh, just into the start when we we're out of the gate, a guy next to me had lobster gloves mm-hmm. and he was shaking his hands cold. And I go, Oh, cool. Your lobster gloves, you're cold. And he goes, Yeah, I'm still cold. I'm like, Fine, then we're all yeah. cold. Yeah. So, um, Real quick, just so the race was 100K. Uh, we all started as a mass start together, had a pace car leading us out, and then we had a pace car for a few miles, and then pretty much pulled off when we got onto dirt roads, and it was gangbusters go for 100 kilometers. Yeah, once they lifted that, uh, once that, that pace car pulled off, it was, I actually saw Justin just shoot out of the back of the pack, <laughs> almost take out three people, swerve around another one. <laughs> And then I saw him when I finished, um, after he had been finished for quite some time. That's cozy. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so I went into it, you know, I went into that race having no expectations. I've never done a gravel race, and uh, I went into it having no expectations other than just, this is part of our Breck Epic training. This was the first of the year check-in, right? We've been doing all of our training on indoor cycling. We've been 
riding outside when we can, but this was the first, okay, where are you at? What's working, what's not working? So I went into it with that mentality, like, oh, no big deal, man. I'm just gonna see what's working, what's not working. And then the second that freaking pace car left, <laughs> I just did what I do in every race. You know, I just put my head down and wanted to bury myself yeah. because as we've talked about, I think over the last couple episodes, I have still, I'd still yet to feel, like since LaRuda, I haven't yet felt that like full effort go on really anything. Mm -hmm. And I have had a level of discontent just scratching at me. It's been horrible. Last night after the race, walking my dog last night when I got home, is the first time this calendar year that I've felt content. So yeah, yeah. I, uh, let's, let's go back to kind of the beginning of the day yesterday. Um, I, the night before, I, I, I forgot how, how good it felt to like, get all your stuff lined up the night before a race, you know, get your, your bottles filled and your nutrition set up and, you know, tape your goose to your, your bike, which I don't think is a gravel bike. I don't think, I think it's maybe a little bit of a faux pas in the, uh, so, the gravel bike world, but how are you going to get, no, <laughs> how are you going to get goo packs with big dumb gloves on? No, so I saw you had it on there yeah. and while I was racing, I, you wished you had I done wished it. I had done it. My setup was different than yours, but I wish I had done it. And so I commend you for it. I think that I think there are no rules when it comes to making eating smart because yeah. as we all learned, 25 minutes into that race, I reached down for my bottle mm -hmm. to get into my perpetuum. So I had liquid nutrition. Yeah. 25 minutes into the race, I reached down frozen for it. Solid. It was frozen freaking solid. I had, to, I, had to, I, had to, I had to stop, open it, and have a perpetuum slushy. So mine was frozen. <laughs> pat I wasn't even to slushy yet. Mine was frozen. Okay. Because I'm an idiot, and it was on my bike when I drove to the race. And so I reached out. I mean, it's, I, you couldn't even squeeze the bottle. So I had to take the frozen bottle, and I'm already cold. I had to shove it down under all three of my layers into my jersey, under against my body, and let my body heat warm the bottle up so it could then be a slushy. And that's a sacrifice in and of itself because you're cold. Oh, yeah. And you're sticking a cold bottle down was, your jersey. Yeah. Just to get for nutrition. nutrition. Yeah. Um, so, so that was – I mean, I just – Molly went to bed. Um, Molly's my wife for the handful of people out there who don't know who that is. Um, she went to bed, and I just I stayed up getting all my stuff prepped, put my number plate on, and I had, hadn't felt that in a while. And uh, I, I missed it, and it felt really fun just kind of staying up and getting all my stuff dialed. Um, so, well, so with like, so racing brings. Like expectations come in, you know, and there's a nerve and anxiety that comes with that. I think as I'm setting up my bike, mm -hmm. but you talk about the calm that came, like comes over you when you set it up. So just at that moment, Saturday, before the race started, were you jacked up for this? Cause we have a heavy race season. Yeah. Were you jacked up for it? Thinking like, man, I'm, I'm training for it. It feels good as part of my training or like, how'd you feel about it? The way my brain works is I I'm very what's in front of me. And I, I found out that I kind of raced that way too um, yesterday. Um, so, yeah, I was just really in, in the moment of this race. And in that moment, I wasn't even worried about the mileage goals and the fitness goals or the work I'd been doing at E3 or with Taruki. I was just really in that moment of, you know, 10 o'clock Saturday night to whatever time the race finished. Um, I think personally, I get a little overwhelmed if I think about too many things in, in rapid succession. Um, but I felt really good about going into this event. 
So I felt good when you showed up at my house on Saturday night with all my race stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a that's a huge, huge, huge thank you to uh, Travis and his wife, Kelly, for running up to Boulder and picking up everybody's race packs. Yeah, they picked them all up so that we didn't have to do that on Sunday morning, thankfully, since we got there. I, I didn't have any time, even if I had to. So Yeah, um, you'd have been boned. Yeah, so Harley shows up at my house Saturday night, has my race bib number. All the stuff that we need. I just squirreled into a house from Aspen. Mm-hmm. Spent a day trip to Aspen like an idiot. I did the worst pre-race routine you could possibly do. So while you were, you know, mapping everything out, laying it out, taping your goose on, I skied at Vail on Friday. I came back from Vail Friday afternoon, worked for a couple hours, jumped into a car, rode back to Aspen, camped in the back of a truck in a parking lot in Aspen with Chamberlain, who was sick. And uh, woke up, hiked the Highlands Bowl, skied all day Saturday. Then we drove back to Denver from Aspen, got home at about 6.30 p.m. And that's when you showed up with my race packet. Yep. And I was so ill-prepared. And it showed when you... <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, <clears throat> let's just... The, the takeaway, uh, ill-prepared or not, you still crushed the race a solid two hours and a bit ahead of me. So whatever. But what I, when I say it showed is that when you came flying into Lions and parked your truck, I could tell you drove the whole way from Denver with the Rage Monster sitting <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm supposed to pick Chamberlain up uh, at sun- on Sunday morning. We're texting. I'm like, I'll pick you up in the morning, you know, 8.30. He's like, ah, I think like 8.10 makes more sense. So I'm like, all right, I'll pick you up at 8.10. So I set my alarm for 7 a.m. and I sat down Saturday night. And I, like I said, I had all this skiing and this stuff. So I sat down and I'm like, Dude, I'll just get the bike set up tomorrow. I'm just, <laughs> I'm going to chill. I watched, Famous last words. Oh, man, stupid. I, I watched a basketball game, ate a bowl of cereal, and, uh, and just crashed out. Got some good sleep. So I woke up in the morning at 7, made coffee, made breakfast. I'm just chilling, and then realized very quickly, I need to get this thing situated. So I went out to the garage, and at that point, it's like 7.40. Chamberlain's like, are you on your way? Not quite, man. Let me get the bike situated. I had to. Pull skewers, tear off a cassette, swap cassette to wheels, put wheels on a bike, try to find the brake pads I needed, set the seat height, four aft position. Like, I had a full bike set up, and none of it got done in time, which mm-hmm. is why you saw me pointing the lines. I, yeah, I, I knew exactly what the problem was, but it, it showed. You, came, you didn't say anything to me. I rolled over, and I could just see where you were at, and I was like, I'll see you at the start line. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you listening, Harley's parked on the opposite side of the street and very clearly saw me pull up. And no one came and talked to me because I got, <laughs> I got wrench bits in my mouth and a wrench in my hands and I'm making all these adjustments and changing bibs. I'm, I'm butt naked on the main street of Lyons, uh, which it was cold out, so it wasn't a whole lot to show. We all did that at some point yesterday. And, uh, but we got to the start line and, well, you had hit, you hit the bathroom. We all got to the start line. Yeah. Like, With two minutes to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we were all pretty much down to the wire. Yeah. So anyway, we all make it. And the race starts. Race starts. Race. So pace start out. Car pulls off, gives the green light, and we all, in our own version of how we're going to attack the start of the race, take off. And I do have to, it's, it's so funny, you know, um, it's, the, it's the eternal Mike Tyson quote. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. And that's bike racing. I mean, if it's not, I quoted it to a guy yesterday who's like, man, that, I was riding with you know some guy. You 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 meet up with people and you ride yeah. with them for a little bit. And he's like, "Man, I had no idea it was going to be this difficult." And I was like, "Well, you know, dot dot dot." Told him, 
He's like, thanks. <laughs> thanks, bro. Appreciate thanks. it. As I, as I like, then took off. Um, but, it, you know, I, I think that, um, the race kind of has, to me, kind of five really distinct parts. There's the, the gravel bit out, right? There's yep. the, the, the farm road, gravel road section out. Which, how long did you try to find a, a non-bumpy part? Like well, this, where's the smooth part? So of this I was in a unique position. Um, the week before, so last week, um, we went down, the, we as a shop went down to Arizona for uh, a company retreat and to ride mountain bikes. And the genius that I am, two miles into the first ride at South Mountain, I crash. I don't even say I crashed. I fell off my bike backwards. But doing a tech feature. Doing a tech. I was trying something and I, you know, the, the common joke is I ran out of talent. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I, I fell over backwards, I smashed my head on the ground, and however I fell, I smacked both wrists on the ground, falling over backwards. And so the gravel, bumpy, rutted out, you know, chatterboard stuff was a real, real challenge for me, because despite taping up one of my wrists, um, I could really hold on with one hand. Yeah, you showed me how you were trying to balance your other hand on there, and it was like you were trying to do, you were trying to be like Daniel's son and karate chopping <laughs> the hood of your handlebar. Well, I was just trying to keep a hand near the brake, right? So right. like I couldn't bear weight on it because all the the jarring of the roads um, was really really painful. Um, but I knew that I was riding with a bunch of people that might jam the brakes on for who knows what reason. So. Um, so I was kind of hovering a hand over the brake lever and I just, I couldn't get any like on, on those. And I don't know what mileage those sections account for, but on any of those sections, I was kind of limited to how fast I could go just cause I couldn't generate power holding on one handed. So I'm not going to tell you about this guy out of Boise, Idaho. His name's one arm Willie. He you know, races for the challenged athletes foundation. And he finishes Leadville. You're not going to tell me all about no, him right now? No, I'm not going to tell you about this guy who finishes <laughs> sub-10 Leadville every year. He literally has one arm. He's like a folk hero. He's called One Arm Willie. I, I've seen video footage of him. I rode with him first year Leadville for a little bit. Yeah. No, I, We got I, off the fire road, and he goes, well, now it's the technical part. Those of you with two arms can go. Yeah, right. <laughs> and just pulls off. No, I mean, it, it was a challenge. Yeah. Um, no, it looked horrible because you couldn't grab anything. Yeah. So there was, there's the, the, the gravel section out, the gravel section back. There's the left-hand canyon slash Rowena climb. Right. And then were the other two climbs named? Yeah, the first one was Linden, and it's okay. just the streets they were on. So Linden, yeah. which was about two miles. Crazy steep. Super steep, like out of the saddle, granny gear, using all your weight to almost row the bike up the hill. A lot yeah. of people walking it up the hill for sections. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second one was Old Stage. Old okay. stage road. So they were just the names of the roads that yeah. we're riding up. Yeah, that was a quick mile climb. Um, that one wasn't so bad. That that Linden one was well, pretty challenging. Linden was brutal, but I had just, at that point, you just come off the descent out of Left Hand Canyon. Mm -hmm. So I was a complete ice cube. I was like in Seno, oh, man. Yeah. And then you get to ride through the town of Boulder, lamely, because you have to stop at the stop signs that are police controlled, which that defeats the whole purpose of a bike race. And then, uh, but I was warm. So Linden, while it was steep, at yeah. least I was like, I'm warm. I was actually terrified of the downhills yeah. because it was so freaking, like my forehead, I felt like a Hollywood star with like Botox. <laughs> yeah. 
too yeah. much. Yeah, it was uh, the climbs were definitely the spot where you could warm up. I mean, when we hit left hand, um, I was feeling super fresh, um, and it was. I felt, you know, I, we were just looking at results not that long ago, and I thought I like, I was passing people left, right, and center on, on left hand, and then. Like I was looking at my result and it was a little worse than I thought it would be um, in terms of my overall place. Yeah. Uh, but we got pretty lucky conditions um, by the time we hit left hand. It was, it was pretty sunny and warm when I got there. Yeah, it was too. So I think we'll jump into this, but when I got to left hand, I was, so I was in the second group. So you had the front group. There was like all the pro dudes and Ryan Petrie's up there. He finished seventh, I think. So mm -hmm. all these guys up there. And I was in the second break and I was going in. You know, I'm learning. So this year, and well, over the course of this off season, I've read, um, I've read Greg Lamont's book, right? I've uh, watched that Eat, Race, Win about the Orca Scott team. Mm -hmm. I've read Hard Men, and then I've been paying attention to more road cycling coaching. So they're all focused on the tours, which, which we've chatted about, and I'm understanding the way it works. There's the, the strategy of like. Mm -hmm different pace lines and, and attacks and then counter attacks. And mm -hmm. so I, I actually start to understand that stuff. I mean, you have a great understanding of it because you've grown up with the road sure, racing yeah, side. Yeah. But for me, it's all brand new, right? And so I'm watching it and I'm like trying to figure out where I am. And I'm like, am I a climber? Am I a sprinter? Am I an all-arounder? Like, where do I fit like, mm -hmm. in these categories? And I think I'm in a new category, category just called irritated. Because when we got to <laughs> left hand, we had been hammering, right? Like 22 to 24 miles an hour on the flats on those dirt roads, just flying. Then we get to left hand and everyone just dropped and it's like 17 miles an hour. And I'm like, I have a ton of gas in the tank right now. And I'm just irritated being behind people. Yeah. So I just pulled and then I took a line. And then next thing I know, I look back and I'm pulling the whole second group up left hand. Mm -hmm. But it's because I don't want anyone in front of me. Right climbing it's just annoying so i just settled in and it warmed up yeah no it was left hand was actually really it's a as climbs go fairly palatable yeah um and i i it is long though i was waiting for it to be over it was long i i i would have traded another thousand feet of rough left hand canyon for not having to do rowena uh which will <laughs> so uh well and you know earlier i referenced I'm learning how I race and the whole way up left hand, I was just, each person was a person to pick off. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I found throughout the whole ride up left hand, I didn't ever settle in with a group necessarily. And there's groups. Yeah. Um, I just went and each time I passed somebody like I would do an effort bridge, settle in for a second and then, just move on to the next group or the next person. Just play Pac-Man the whole way. Up. Yeah, the whole way. And that worked extremely well for me on, on every hard section of that race yesterday. Um, were there... Oh, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Well, were there any areas... Where, so that sounds like strengths. Were there any areas where you're like, this is where I'm losing it? it for me, it always comes back around to the, the work I did to get to that point. Like, I didn't feel like I did anything poorly yesterday on the bike. Um, I think descending was sketchy for everybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no one was passing people. Nobody was. Nobody was. Jamming I got passed descents. by two people on yeah. the descent, and I'm like, "You guys don't care about life." Yeah, I passed a couple of people, um, but it was on very dry pavement sections. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I think we can get into some takeaways and that stuff a little bit later. But every every perceived issue I had yesterday was came from a preparation issue in my mind. Whether it was I didn't eat exactly the right breakfast, like by a long shot. Um, I probably could have slept more. And, you know, like those yeah, are the things yeah. that I always feel. Your wrist was a major that was a big factor. I don't want to put too much on it because it was just a cold, shitty day for everybody, and it was just a hard race. Um, but it definitely, like, it was hard for me to do out of the saddle efforts. So yeah. when you know when you want to mix it up and and ha- it, like engage some different muscle groups on a climb, like I couldn't really put any weight on that wrist to do that. So um, I felt like overall I rode extremely well. Um, every everything that played into me not doing as well as I wanted to do yesterday to me was an issue of something leading up to it. Right. Well, which is what we did this race for. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, where you at? What's we're in an early season, February race to kind of smack you in the mouth and say, this is what bike racing is about. So like now for the next week, when you're indoor training, Mm -hmm. think about this. Yeah. What, what'd you learn from this thing? So, Mm -hmm. okay. So I kind of led my pack up left hand and you just played Pac-Man up left hand, but mm-hmm. then we got to that Rowena. Oh, so at the top, so mad. <laughs> as he he's drinking hot tea, still warm. He just got cold thinking about this moment. So we get up to the top of Left Hand Canyon, and I remember this being there. There was a car blocking the road, and people pointing to where you had to turn. And I'm mm-hmm. like, "There's nothing there. Where where are we going?" And then I remembered in the advertisements for this race, you saw people pushing, running alongside of a bike through snow, and I'm like. Here it is. Here it is. So we all dismount, and you have to go. It's a three-mile section of, you know, overall, it's an elevation gain, pretty decent elevation yeah. gain. Over three miles, definitely has some flat sections, but it is socked in with snow, like yeah. completely snow-covered snowshoe hiking trail. And yeah, I don't think that anybody rode much of it. I saw a couple of guys trying to ride, and then I just laughed because they're squirreling out their tire and spending so much energy jumping on and off the bike. I saw one guy, like, Made a big point to like push his bike past me to like get out ahead of me. And then there was a corner switchback kind of thing, and he disappeared into a snowdrift. <laughs> <laughs> like he had stepped off the edge of the trail and was waist deep in snow. <laughs> and that's when you said, I'm racing, bro. Yeah, See ya. Yeah. Uh, he was fine. Yeah, it was that was a that was a hell of a stretch. And you know, we talked about this a moment ago. I cyclocross carried my bike on the shoulder. So I actually, as much as you hated that section, for me, it was a, a glorious break because I really did, I put myself to it yeah. up that climb. Yeah. So when I got there, to be able to mix it up and to know that like, no one's going to hike past me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fast hiker. Right. I'm not going to walk slow. I can hold three and a half miles an hour hiking yeah. this bike. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to come out of this the same position I'm in mm-hmm. and then I can put back to my effort. So I... Pulled my bottle out of my jersey, drank my, you know, uh, Your slushy. Perpetuum slushy, ate goo packs. Like I was able to eat and drink and yeah. kind of find my way. Sure. It was a, and just break it up. Yeah. And, and, and having done Silver Rush and Leadville 100 and, and a handful of other events, sometimes you just want it to hurt different. Yeah. Right. And I think as, as grumpy as I was uh, coming out of the top of there, and it, it's just, I didn't cyclocross carry my bike. And for anybody who doesn't know, that's uh, where you throw the bike over your shoulder. And that way you're not walking your bike up a hill. You're carrying it. And it, 
in retrospect, was probably the better way. And these bikes are light. So we're yeah. talking about these are all carbon fiber mm-hmm. race bike. I mean, they're relatively light, but there's a there's a technique to cyclocross carry, like scooping it through and, mm-hmm. and grabbing the, the hood or grabbing the handlebar. Um, I actually did run past three people. Mm-hmm. So when I got onto the trail, I had three people in front of me. And they were kind of jaw jacking, like, oh, it's so pretty back here, Mike. Yeah, Fred, it's really awesome. Like, they're having, like, they're buddies, right? Right. And so I'm like, I, can't, I, can't, I literally can't sit behind this the whole time. So I did run past them, but not just to get away from them talking. I had to piss so bad. <laughs> so I ran past them thinking I'll create a gap and then kind of pull over and piss. Um, but you know my strategy with peeing in races. Yeah, in that you don't stop to do it. No, I pee my bibs. This is the second time we brought it up in our podcast so far. Okay? Get used to it, folks. So I'm a bib pisser. Why else would they put a diaper back there? So I'm going to pee my bibs. Well, it's so cold out that if I were to pee my bibs yesterday, that's going to freeze and just make for a bad situation. Yeah, you had a rough day. So I get in front of these people, and I have, I don't know, about 15 feet, give or take, that I'm in front of them. And there's enough bends that I'm like, I got a decent gap. So I did a first yesterday. Um, and so I, I pulled out what was left of my frozen third member and I, I peed while walking. Is that PC now? Can I say that? I I think we're way off that. Dude, that's not how I really thought. I pulled out that tiny little thing and I just peed while walking just in the trail, just like spraying it all over, just in angles all over the trail (laughs) while walking. And even did like the, at the end of the pee shake, like pulse thing and just got it all out and just tucked it right back in and had the biggest cheesy cheese dick smile on my face. (laughs) Like I did it. And I felt so good. Oh, wow. And then everyone else walked in my pee. I did not know. Well, yeah. So Rowena Pass. <laughs> <laughs> so you get out of it, three miles of hike, and get yeah. out of it, and then it's a descent. I didn't know it was a descent right there. So you get out of it, and they have a the water station. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw my beanie, like right next to the water. I didn't. So I took off my beanie that I was wearing, because I'm like, now I'm hot. Yeah. My shell, I had tried to undo my shell while climbing left-hand canyon, and the zipper got stuck. So I just ripped the shell apart. And at that point, then the zipper's broken. So I took that off and just threw it to the guys. We both talked our, our toe covers had been torn and ripped. Just like pulled off the front of your toes. Yeah, just looked like a dog's tongue and uh, hanging out the window. Yeah. I ripped those off, so I'm like, I don't need any of that stuff. I'm good. Tore off. It was a, it was a long descent. I was fro- like yeah. frozen to the point where there was a car behind me at one point. And I'm going third. I'm going third. I think I topped out at 44 miles an hour yesterday yeah. on the downhills. And... I almost flagged the car down to be like, dude, just let me sit in here for two minutes. Yeah, just crank up the heat I'm and let me so, sit here. I'm yeah. so cold. It was, that was, I think that was the, the hardest thing. You know, the climbs are challenging physically, but just to know that at the top of every climb you had to just prepare to be cold. And, and try to th- think about using your brakes when you, I mean, you could not feel your hands. Yeah, you can't move your hands, no articulation. <laughs> it's just, it was a nightmare. So we, we get down the descent. And you go right into the very next climb. Oh yeah, right. And that's that was so that's Linden. Linden. That you go right into Linden was nasty. I we I made that corner and I just looked up at it and my heart just sank a little bit. Mine was uh, <laughs> we were chatting about going into this race and you had changed out your gears. Yeah. And you gave yourself a bigger range off the back. Yeah. And didn't regret that at all yesterday. No, I bet not because when I got to that climb, I remembered what you had said to me. You go well. Those are going to be some big gears to push up that climb. Is that, that was like really the only, it wasn't even advice. It was almost <laughs> condescending 
acknowledgement of my reality. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's going to be. So when I got there, I was kind of like, fuck you, Harley. I'm going to ride up this thing. So sometimes when I <laughs> um, don't feel super hot about a situation, I'll just try to bring somebody down to like not feeling hot also. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah, I, knew a couple, I knew a couple of you guys in grade school. You were called bullies. Not that. I just want you to like feel a little not great. <laughs> so I got there and it was that was you you were my motivation because I stood in there and I was in the granny gear and I actually tried to shit. I'm like, I'm where for that shift that you why wish is, is there. The, why is this not working? Yeah. It should be easier. You're out of gears. And um and so then I just have to sit in and grind it up. And it was it was me being able to come back and tell you like, yeah, screw you, dude. I climbed that whole thing. Yeah. But it, I put myself to it. It was nasty. But so many people were getting beat up. So it was a great opportunity to pass three and four more. And mm -hmm. then every time you pass somebody in one of those nasty climb situations, mm -hmm. you know you just demoralize them. Like you just, you put it to them. Yeah. Because they're sitting there suffering and you just come right by them. So I always make it a point to go by with ease. I'm like, hey man, this is a pretty steep road, huh? Even if 30 seconds later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be. But just when I went right by Right before him, you pass them, take a big deep yeah. breath. Hey man, this is a pretty steep climb. You guys do this often? Huh, never been back here before. Yeah. <laughs> just blow up just past them. Which, you know, that's, uh, we can just use that as a, a small little segue. Race banter in these big events is kind of fun. Oh, it's way fun. So at the start, we, so at the start, there's everyone's trying to jockey for like the start position. So mm -hmm. we're all crowded in that tiny area. Yeah. And remember, there were like a few guys that walked past, hey man, can I get by you? And I just fly out, I'm like, yeah, dude, but I'm going to whoop your ass in this race. Don't worry about <laughs> it. I'm going to catch you. And it's just, and then every time throughout the entire race, you know, a guy had a big old camelback on, which yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, do not race with a camelback on, period. That's just, there's no way around. Like yeah. I, Harley's going to try to say something nice to maybe the three customers that do it. No, don't do it. Take the camelback off. Figure it out. All I was going to say is yesterday, I kind of wish I'd had a pack of some variety just to have the option to have different stuff with me for no. clothing. No, revisit the rules. <laughs> That's fair. Revisit yeah. the rules. No dice. Um, but no, the so I'm, I, I talked to a ton of people yesterday. Um, some people I know from the bike industry. I rode with uh, this fellow, Adam, who owns uh, Alpha Cycle Company, Bicycle Company. I can't remember. Alpha Bikes down in uh, Are you Cincinnati. talking about the, he's got long curly hair? Nope. Not Adam. No. I mean, Adam, but not that Adam. They have a guy that's a fat biker. No, that works he, had, down there. he actually had a really cool bike. He was, you know, he's a, uh, I'm not going to say the brand because whatever, but <laughs> uh, he had a really cool bike built up with, it was just a, a total bike shop owner, Franken, like goof project bike, but he wrote, rode it and raced it all day um, and did pretty well. Um, but uh, I, I think I still beat him. Uh, <laughs> no, you beat him. Um, but, uh, you know, people that I knew, people I didn't know, and, you know, just anything to kind of burn some, just think about something different, right? Yeah. Like, I was on the flat sections with just got talking to a guy, and, you know, he's like, you know, the normal, are you from Boulder? No, I'm from Denver. What about you? This guy lived in, like, South Dakota, Nebraska, England, California. Like, this guy just lived all over. We chatted for 30 minutes, and I'll probably never see him again. Yeah, no, but it's cool. <laughs> we, we were chatting about this as well. When you're at these events, it's an automatic filter. Like it's filtered out all of the things that you have that you don't have in common with people. Mm -hmm. Like everyone has this common thread. Like we're all lunatics out there racing mm -hmm. in 28 degrees. So you already know you have so much in common with every single person, which makes the conversations really like pleasant, you know? Yeah. And I actually have genuine friendships with people I've only met at and seen at races. Yeah. 
which no, is cool. That was a fun little bit just to, you know, and and you also kind of link in, at least at the end of the races that I tend to, to be at, or um, you kind of link in with, like, you settle into your group. So you see at a certain point for me, I kind of end up seeing the same 15 or so people. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, that's, there's a, when you're facing adverse racing conditions and a hard day, it's nice to just have somebody that even if it's for a few hours, like you're familiar with those people. Right. We, well, I was using those people because I had no, I had no concept of what the race course was. I didn't know how many climbs there were. I didn't know how long each climb was. I didn't know like when we were done. I knew the mileage, of course, total. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, it's going to be 63 miles. Yeah. Trust me, I was keeping an eye on that odometer. Right. But I had no idea. So when we got to after Linden, which was a beast of an uphill, you had to descend the backside of Linden, which was completely covered in snow and ice. Mm -hmm. So it was a dirt road covered in snow and ice and steep with switchbacks. Yep. All you heard was just screeching owls, and there were no owls back there. Yeah. It was just brakes going Everybody crazy. Everybody leaning on their brakes. Just laying on their And I was out of brake. I mean, See, I scorched them. And I'm the opposite. I, I, I over-familiarized my, myself with the course to the point where it was almost like, you know, watching the clock. Oh, just like, slow. I, yeah. I know there's 63 miles. I know there's going to be around 6,000 feet of climbing. So when we got to the top of Rowena, I looked down at my odometer. I knew exactly where I was in the day, which was almost worse than like blissful ignorance right <laughs> no i and i took advantage of the blissful ignorance because I, I was up linden we get down we descend the next climb's old stage and we start up and i'm like dang another climb and the guy this guy next to me goes yeah it's pretty short though and i'm like like how short is short to the t he goes oh it's a mile and i'm like oh pfft, no big deal yeah hammer a mile i had no idea what was ahead of me yeah another 20 miles of gravel riding yeah the pretty but it, you get a nice long descent off of that one because you're kind of up in those foothills a little bit yeah, you descend all the way back down to that main highway from mm -hmm. Boulder to Lyons, except you're supposed to go left to go to Lyons at that highway intersection. <laughs> like, <laughs> when you turn left, <laughs> Lyons is to the left. Like, Lyons is right there. Yeah. It's not too far. We were at, like, Hall or Heil, mm -hmm. Parker. It's not – you go left. Yeah, no, it was Heil. I remember seeing the yeah. Heil sign. Okay, except for the arrow at yeah. the T that said, said go, go right. right. And you're like, but – Yeah, but Lyons – so I turned right. And now you're on the main highway, and there's like a cop up there kind of helping with traffic. But then fortunately, there was another arrow that said left. And I'm like, oh, sweet. So we're just going to make like this U-turn, more of like an official U-turn in this right. turn lane. So I make it left, and I look for the next arrow that says left again to go mm -hmm. back. And there wasn't one. So much so is when I crossed, we're back on dirt road, I stopped. And there's a guy I had, um, I'd passed him on the climb and then dropped him on the descent. Yeah. And then I had to wait for him. I know exactly the spot you're, you're talking about because I was like, I waited for somebody yeah. to be like, are, we, right are we doing the right thing? Yeah, so I asked the guy, hey, is this? and of course it is who, the person who showed up couldn't have been more perfect. <laughs> the guy that shows up, he's got a, um, a gravel grinder's jersey on. He's like part of a gravel grinder team. Okay. He's a gravel racer. Yeah. Shows up with this like beautiful bike shop mustache. Like only people that are cops in the 70s or currently work at bike shops can have the mustache this beautiful. <laughs> so he had this just burly bike shop dude mustache. And he shows up and he's like, oh, yeah, man, it's this way. And I'm like, have you done this before? He goes, no, but I'm from Kansas. I'm a gravel grinder. I'm like, oh, great. And he goes, I've researched the course. I'm like, shit, this is going to be a haul out. So then it becomes this him and I pedaling. I go, well, do you want to you know, you work together? And he goes, yeah. So we start taking these poles back and forth. And the rest of the race, I was in my throat because him and I just kept mm -hmm. driving each other. I mean, we're 23 on the gravel roads and just yeah. pushing each other.
And that, that brings up uh, a thing that I think really hurt me um, is I probably, because, you know, again, I, as the day wore on, I just kept passing people, which told me that even at the end of the race when I was tired, I was not with the group of people that I should have been overall. Because yeah. if you're passing, literally, at some point, I got separated from the group of people that shared a, a fitness level. Yeah. Um, and it really hurt there at the end because I had nobody to work with. I could either work with people and go slower, but have somebody to work with, or I could just go my pace, which was faster than those people, and risk being gassed. So you pretty much know that what that's telling you, right? Uh, to help me. <laughs> well, you have a tendency. I started too slow. Yeah, you have a tendency at the start to hold back yeah. and say, I'm going to settle in. Yeah. But what I've learned, and I think it was really when I started racing cyclocross mm -hmm. was a real quick lesson. And if you want to, if you want to go for your best, like you got to jump out of the you game gotta just do it and everyone game. settles in, like everyone starts crazy, yeah. but everyone settles in. And so like in a cross race, if you're not the first four dudes out mm -hmm. on the whole shot, you're not your middle back of the pack all day long. Yeah. So even yesterday when we went, I knew I was, I mean, I was pedaling at 160 heart rate, mm -hmm. which for me is like starting to push that higher yellow, yeah. higher eighties. I was out of scope for a long distance race, but I knew this is all going to settle in. Mm -hmm. But if I lose this group, like I even had to do out of saddle efforts to keep them in the first yeah. 15 miles. If I lose this group, it's over. Like my yeah. best is not going to happen. Yeah. And in hindsight, I think that was definitely the case just cause I, I mean, and it, it, it definitely like maybe I had a little bit more energy, you know, what, 5%, 10% more somewhere on the course for not doing that. Right. But ultimately, especially the last, that stretch on 44 coming back into town. To be, three miles. To be by yourself on that. Headwind. Headwind, false flat. Yeah. Um, yeah, that definitely. So false flat, for those of you that don't, if you were to place a marble on this road, it's going to roll backwards to, towards you. So it's definitely down, like you're going uphill. Uh, but it looks like you're flat. It even looks like it goes downhill some point. You, at some point. So it feels like you're going faster, and yet you just feel like you're rolling through. You're mud. just hammering to do like, I mean, and I was redlining to do. It was everything I could do to do 17, 18 miles yeah. an hour. So, so yeah, I think that. I mean, that's an initial takeaway. Is that you just the start of these races are so crucial to just jump and go. And even if you would have saved those five or ten percent, how much more would you have had? Just through the competitive juices of being around people that are, you know, yeah. you're having all those challenge moments, you know. Well, yeah, and it, it, you know, perfect example is, um, I I set out to ride. You know, Colin had, Colin and I had been talking. He was like, oh, you know, it'd be really fun if we all just like enjoy the day together, like do it like a group ride. And on that first gravel section, I, him and uh, Sam opened up, probably, I would guess about a twenty minute gap. Um, <clears throat> if I had just pushed a little bit harder at that point, instead of holding back a little bit for a little bit later, yeah. I would have had them to ride with all day. Right. Right. Like you were salty at the finish line. Now, I don't think you <laughs> meant to sound salty, but when you came through, what, somebody, somebody asked, maybe I might've been myself or Colin, somebody asked like, who'd you ride with? Or I didn't see you or something like that. And you go, you threw your arm up. And you're like, I rode by myself all day. And you kept riding to the finish line. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> no, that's not a fair moment. You literally just crossed the finish no, line. No, I, I wasn't crusty about riding by myself all day. 
I did kind of a little bit only because Colin made such a big deal about like, yeah, you know, we'll all just like pace together and have like a chill, like group ride day. Um, and I, and I don't think that him and Sam jumped out necessarily intentionally or yeah, no. with any sort of malice. I just like, I was struggling at that point and they weren't like, I was, that was like right when we're on, we hit the gravel stuff and we're all like, frozen. Well, and I, hurt, that was where like wrist. all of a sudden like, Oh shit. Like, I can't hold on to this fucking handlebar. Well, Um, and and none of us are good enough to like maliciously drop one another. Like we're all being so hard challenged. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I don't think, you know, I don't know how many racers competed yesterday. Dude, we were after we ate. So we get back, we change. um, We wait for everybody to kind of get back together, group back up. We go and get some food at Oscar blues. Load. I mean, at this point, We've been finished for, what, an hour and a half, yeah, two hours? 20 times past. Dude, we're driving. Me, Colin, and Holly were all in my truck. We're driving out 44 back to 25, and we saw some poor sap with a light and a number plate on. Oh, dude. You know what? He's the, we've talked about this before. He's, like, he's, he's the grittiest oh, yeah. cyclist out there. Oh, for sure. You know? Well, you know, we, we were talking. I think you and I talked a little bit yesterday, too. You know, it's like doing these races, you know, you – there's some races where you're so far out on the course that whether you quit or complete the race, you still have to get your ass. Yeah. Whatever that distance it's is. It's 20 miles for me to quit and turn around. Yeah. Or it's 28 miles for me to keep going. Yeah. And yesterday was that day. It was like, there's a number of times where you're just like, I could really just stop here, call an Uber. <laughs> I actually going to take that back. The guy, you said he had a light. Yeah. So he's not the grittiest guy out there. Because he knew going he into prepared. it that he's going to be up there that way. <laughs> now, if it was a dude out there that, like, you know, had expectations of certain, and he's just still out there yeah. and didn't quit, yeah. that guy, the guy you're talking about just went out for a damn joyride. He knew he was going to He didn't even one. train. But you know what? I, I, read, I take everything. Whoever you are, dude, no points. I saw a ton of people out there with lights, and it just got me. I was like, you guys know something? I don't know. Yeah, right. Are, <laughs> are we going through a cave? Like, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> um... Yeah, it was so that gravel section, the upside of the gravel section after all that descending, when we had that left turn and I thought it was over. Yeah. And I looked down and obviously it wasn't. I knew we had about 17 <clears throat> miles or left or so. But at least for when I had gotten there, when we start hammering through and this guy and I are working together and we're doing pretty decent pulls, you know, everything's jaded at that point, right? Because I am racing this guy. So. Mm-hmm. I definitely felt like my poles were way longer than his poles. I'm, like, I'm sure he felt he, exactly the he same like way. Was you know I would just grind, 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 and then kind of wait for him to take take over, yeah. you know. And then he would hold it for like 30 seconds and do the little elbow move. Uh-huh. And that now nah, I got to take over. I'm like, yeah. bro, that was like, I just pulled for three minutes. Like, yeah. So anyhow, we keep going. Well, we linked up with the 50k riders, and so. That was like everything got light for me at that point. Mm-hmm. So I forgot to mention going up old stage road, it was just a mile climb. Mm-hmm. It was slow. Um, my body felt great the whole time, but on that climb, I felt like my medial hamstring, so middle of the back of my leg. I just felt a tiny, like just a whisker of a, hey, I'm here from that muscle. And I was like, oh, wow. And that I realized I drank like 20 ounces of water total to this point. I, I, think, drank- I, I think I'm still dehydrated from yesterday. Yeah. I hadn't drank like any water. <laughs> yeah. So I was a little nervous and I'm like, oh man, if it, so my one water bottle had thawed out and I took it and while riding up that hill, I pulled a biocharge out of my back pocket, took the lid off, tore it, dumped the powder, 
shook it and drank a biocharge. Mm-hmm. And so then I descend and I get it. Now it all kicks in and now I'm just like amped with B12s and <clears throat> caffeine and aminos. And I'm like, all the good stuff. So we hit these 50K dudes and all of them, and we just start. Because, you know, they elected to do the shorter race. So the, yeah. the type of rider that's doing that, it's a bit more for like, hey, I'm out for a rec ride or yeah. I'm trying this type of thing. Yeah. So we're just, it felt like, it, well, it felt like we were like professional F1 racers right. going by all these like, you know. <laughs> like you lapped the course. Oh, it was amazing. So we're just, and so that was motivating, right? And so this guy and I just kept on the hammer. And then you get to a stoplight at the very end of all those like gravel loops and you're in and out of the gravel and whatnot. And you get to the end and you're back on that 44. Mm-hmm. There's a stoplight and you had to stop there. They had a cop controlling it. Yep. And I turn to this cop and I go, hey, you going to give me a public urination ticket if I take a leak over here? And... He looks at me and smiles. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I went to do that. Well, the light changed. Oh, no. And the guy took so off. So the guy takes off and he waves me. He's like, I'll see you later, man. And I'm like, but, uh, yeah, dude. And so I finished peeing and get back. And now the lights changed back. So I have to wait for you a whole round. For a whole another light. So I get the whole light. And it's almost good that that happened because when we get into the takeaways, this was one of my takeaways. But I get through the light and I'm like, that freaking guy, like I pulled his ass mm-hmm. 80% of the way through this dirt. Right, or at least so I thought. So I put my head down and just punished myself yeah. to catch him. And I wasn't able to catch him, but I did. I got within, a, as a finish times, 15 seconds. Of, I mean, I, was, I almost got him back. I love it. I love it. So and bad. you know, the, that guy, you know. In the tour, when a guy pees, yeah, the whole peloton there's, stops him. The, they don't, well, but, or you just don't attack. Yeah. Like, you sit up. Yeah. you like, he could have kept going. But at 10 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like wait the, for the etiquette of, no, of racing is, look, man, people have to stop. And when you're at kind of the, the pointy end of the spear of the race, like, you know, like, have, show some, like, back at my end, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so <laughs> he did. But it was almost nice because I did. I put my head down. And I'm like, I'm going to win. When I catch him, I'm either rubbing his wheel or elbowing. I'm doing something yeah. to say, like, yo, I'm here, bro. What's up? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it didn't happen. He was a super nice guy. He works at a bike shop in Manhattan, Kansas. So he's part of this whole gravel crew down there. Super cool, dude. Yeah. Um, I'll never be in Manhattan, Kansas, but if I am, I'll look him up. So <laughs> that was fun. So finally finished, right? Yeah. And uh, I hadn't been happier to get like, just into sunlight, to just sit in sunlight. And then fire's going. Like It was yeah. really warm at the finish line yeah. for a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah, I think when I started Linden, the, the clouds kind of started rolling back in for a second. And my heart just kind of fell a little bit. But then it got sunny again, and I, I wasn't as sad. I, I severely underdressed yesterday. What did you end up, how many layers did you end up having on? Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> I had at the start, I had four layers. Yeah. So I, um, and this will this will this will play in towards the end, but I think I, I, I really misjudged the weather and conditions being a factor yesterday. Um, weather forecast said it was going to be warm and sunny up around 40. I don't think it got there. And I, and I dressed for that. You know, the, I always joke and it sounds super cheesy to say, but uh, you know, be bold, start cold kind of thing. Like you never want to start warm, right? You don't want to yeah, s- burn up. You'll, you'll die. So uh, with racing, like moisture management is the reason why. Because if you sweat and then you do a descent, you're yeah, frozen, you're cold, yeah. there's no coming back. So I was willing to start a little bit colder than I was comfortable with, knowing that we had a whole day on the bike and the warmest part was going to be from about two to four. Um, 
Man, I had, I didn't have enough. I had a, I had a base layer up top, sleeveless base layer with arm warmers, jersey, bib shorts, knee warmers, and a shell. Yeah, you didn't have nearly enough. I didn't have nearly. You were enough. good for like a fifty degree day. Yeah, that's um, really what you were up for. And uh, and I had net gator hat. The hat and net gator situation was amazing. It was the only yeah. thing that was awesome all day. Um, but I, I foolishly like I brought. A whole other set of stuff, like Roubaix weight, thick tights, and a nice warm windstopper Gore-Tec uh, jacket. And but you said you bought for this race. You snagged it from the shop, something like that. That was the base layer oh, that, that I ended up using. Cool. Um, so I had all this stuff, and I, in a, the one second that before the race started that the sun came out, was when I was putting that stuff on and like I'm standing there in the sun and like I'm gonna That's be nice I'm gonna be way too hot and then changed and it got shitty. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, I we were trying to all wear our base camp kits. We were with that like was, leg warmers, knee warmers. Errand. And I was I was driving there and in brief brief moment of lucid thought in my rage driving to the race. I was driving there, I'm like, it's twenty eight degrees out and if I was gonna go for a bike ride right now consequently i am but if i was going for a bike ride just on my own i would definitely wear the amphib like yeah. full winter tights that i had in my car so i'm like sorry dude base camp not gonna happen i gotta wear yeah this set of yeah tights. and i persisted because i looked over and i saw chamby in it and i didn't know what your situation was yeah. so a little bit of like peer pressure totally and and then just poor decision making and then we all co- <laughs> then we all covered ourselves up and didn't get a picture and didn't get a picture. one <laughs> so, picture of, yeah. of two people in the base camp kit. so we uh so the the finish line festivities were cool. The the event they put on an amazing event. Like so, the food they had, the they had music playing, they had fire pits, that Rafa was out there giving mm-hmm. out free coffee. So like they had like a cool event, and the vibe was super cool. Yeah, for like an hour. I was gonna say, you know, I, and I think that would be my my only critique of of the event overall was if you were finishing towards the end of the race, you were. Alone. Super aware of it. Dude, there was no food for you. No food. There was no... no people the were taking cor- tents down. Course marshals were kind of paying attention. There was a couple of course marshals that I didn't remember exactly what way to go on some of those gravel roads. And they were supposed to be watching for riders to tell us what way to go. And yeah. they were, you know, half on their phones or... To the point where one of them I rolled up to and was like, left or right, buddy. Right. You know, so... If you're not in that, at, at, when you, what was your time for something? Yeah, like four, four fourteen. And you only got you finished relatively quick to the whole the whole group, right? Yeah, top twenty percent, but yeah. still. And you only got to enjoy an hour, an of hour stuff. of sun and food. Like I sat yeah. down with food and sun, yeah. for an hour, and then within thirty minutes they did awards, yeah. and then people started. If food's gone, they're tearing everything down. Yeah, so. I think that would be my 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 only cre- the overall the event was put on really well the course was pretty well marked um, the all the um, all the police officers and the sheriffs and state troopers everybody on course was great but you know when you compare it against an event like Leadville 100 where there are still stands of people cheering for people coming in at hour 13 yeah I think you know like you just had a really hard day and it. <laughs> Like, 
you old, old man kinda, winter just kind of like rubs your nose in it. Like, yeah, you were slow. Yeah, go to your car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So that was a little, you know, I, I didn't care really. Um, but a little bit. But I think there's probably. I cared for, I cared for the people finishing yeah. towards the back half a little. Like, I was just kind of like, wow, that's. My finish was cool. Yeah. And then I saw a lot of other people's finishes. It was like, yeah. yeah, you're finished. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, go, go yeah. home. I wasn't really sure which one was the finish line. Yeah, they had two separate. Yeah, nobody was like. And they didn't tell you that this is like, here's the finish line for your timing chip, and then this is going to be like a neutral zone yeah. to get to the cool celebration expo yeah. area. Yeah, so. So a couple people were hammering through that section. <laughs> People's kids are like walking around. <laughs> you're like, Whoa. And these guys are just hammering through at like no. 30. No, you're good, dude. Uh, you, you made it. Yeah. Um, um, but I think, so this was our first race of the year, and. I got, like I said, I got done and I was, I was walking my dog afterwards and I was already on to the next thing. I was like, all right, what am I going to do tomorrow? What am I spin out? And then what's my next, you know, already moving into the next event or the next mm-hmm. brick of training. And I had to stop myself and say, whoa, because I'm learning this as I'm going through some of this training information, this material, this study material, there, you have to do a lot of, you've got to do a lot of look back. In analysis on what is and isn't working, so I can make proper decisions on how to move forward. Mm-hmm. So I had to stop myself last night and say, "Hang on, like, what are your takeaways? Like, you got like, what are your three takeaways from what did you learn? And then let's sit in that for a moment, enjoy it. It's more than just collecting another hat or a, a race bib to staple up into my garage. Like, mm-hmm. enjoy it. So, like for you, came through frozen, but a huge effort on the bike, biggest effort of the year, and I'll argue biggest effort in. Several months. Oh, without single handed out of doubt. Right. I mean, since since Leadville 2017. Right. Hardest legit effort on the bike. Yeah. Wow. Without so doubt. what? We got a lot of training ahead of us. We have a lot harder efforts in the future. What was the takeaway? Takeaways. Takeaway. I think the biggest takeaway for me is more of a question, and it's, what if you did everything right? Because I do a lot of stuff right. Yeah. You know, I have prioritized getting training miles in and have prioritized being back in the gym and working out, but that's really only part of it, right? Am I sleeping enough? Am I paying enough attention to my diet? Um, am I doing recovery correctly? And the answer to those things is no. Like, my sleep pattern is, is not great. I usually get about six hours of sleep a night. That's not good. It's not going to cut it. Michael uh, Phelps sleeps like this is like 12 hours before cut, yeah. like through Olympic week a night. Um, so I think that, you know, without going way, way, way down that rabbit hole, the biggest takeaway for me yesterday was that I wasn't, while I wasn't disappointed overall, I felt like I could have done better and I felt like I was going to do better. But the reality is, is that I can put all the training miles in, in the world, but if I'm ignoring the other four parts that make those miles matter, it's not going to get me the results I want when it's time to race. And yesterday was just a, like a really sharp kick in the ass to be like, no dude, like that's great that you, you, you did your 400 mile goal in January and you did a little bit better and you're at whatever mileage for the year. Awesome. Good for you. Get some damn rest. Like go to the grocery and do your meal prep. Like, you know, you're supposed to do. So I think that, that's the biggest takeaway. Well, yeah, because numbers don't lie, right? Like you finished where you finished mm-hmm. and you had an expectation mm-hmm. and maybe it wasn't, you know, quite aligned. But you're you're stubborn in the way that like you always get your training in. 
Mm-hmm. Like even you'll be at the shop and you're like, I gotta go get the miles. I'll just get the miles in at home. Or last Friday, I was leaving back up. I was leaving up to Aspen and you rolled in. I'm like booted and suited, ready to leave work. <laughs> it's Friday night and you roll in at you know five fifty five. Yeah. And you're like, so what's up? No, there's not a class going on because I was supposed to be coaching and I just happened to not have a session. Yeah. And you were gonna come in and spin yeah. a recovery ride. So like you're stubborn enough that you do all of the work. Yeah. And there's just that question you're going to ask. I'm sure you're going to talk with Turuki about where is all the work necessary at the sacrifice of all these other things that are really important too, or what's the, or is it just you saying, Hey, I got to prioritize. I just need to like, I need to, I'm a night owl. I like to stay up late. I, I, it's a, you know, work in retail is, and I'm sure just like for you, you know, you, you, you kind of reach a, a point in the day where, you just need you time. And I think everybody does. But when, you're, when your job is defined by the people coming through the door, yeah. you know, if I worked at an office where I could close my door and just do my work, maybe I wouldn't feel as taxed by other humans as sometimes I do um, at the end of a work day um, where I want to stay up after the wife goes to bed and read or play video games or watch something stupid on TV yeah, have you time because your whole day has been other people's time. Yeah. Um, but it just like when I, it, it doesn't work, right? Like it, it's not going to, I can do that and I could be all selfish. Like, I need my me time. But when August rolls around and I haven't, I've done all this work, but I haven't done this, the appropriate things to accompany the work to make the work matter. Like the me time doesn't matter. Like it doesn't. You know. Well, you know, you're forgetting this though. The sleep you need is me time. It is. It is. Like straight up. Like yeah. that's just, it's, that is me time. Yeah. You know, the ability to, instead of reading, you know, you told me you're currently reading by a Christmas tree that's still up in your house and it's February. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. We put it up late. Yes. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. That's inappropriate. Um, but I understand why. It is nice. The light is nice. Yeah, yeah. So, but reading in bed, yeah. knowing that that's going to accelerate how quickly you fall asleep. Yeah. That type of I mean, sleep's you too. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, takeaways. Uh, I need to do more of the other stuff to make the time on the bike matter. Um, severely underestimated what conditions we're going to do to the, to, I, I I was sitting there going like, oh, this is a, a gravel mostly in my mind. It, I I kind of discounted the race. I was like, there's no way I don't finish this in like four like sub five. There's no way I don't finish this in sub five. And then you're hiking up Rowena, and going, man, I think I'll be lucky to finish this in six. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, not not giving the course and the conditions enough credit, and uh, and then. I haven't looked at my my heart rate data yet, but I guarantee it's more green and blue than it is yellow. You haven't updated. You haven't uploaded it either because I tried to look at it. No, I haven't uploaded it in yet. preparation of it's, chatting. With it's you. in my bag, and that's just a whole thing I don't want to deal with right now. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. OCD alert here. Yeah. All my stuff's already washed and hung back yeah, up. Yeah. No. I went full on as soon as I got home. I got home and I was like, "All right." Colin and Holly, we all just left. The bikes on the back of my truck. I pulled the truck in. They said, we'll get those later. I left my bag in the bed of the truck, and I went inside and took the hottest shower in the universe. (laughs)
Um, so, but what about you? Like, I mean, this sort of stuff, I, I feel like has to feel a little bit old hat to you. Like you do a lot of big events yeah, and you, I'm sure you've done colder events just by sheer virtue of the fact that you've done the Grand Traverse. Um, you've done ski races up at a basin. Um, so, you know, how do you still take something away? Yeah. So yeah. And, and actually in cyclocross racing has got me most rehearsed with the cold. Was that a 63 mile long cyclocross race? That was a 63 mile long cyclocross race. <laughs> and if you, if you look at my heart rate, if you look at my heart rate data, it's, it tells the same story. Yeah. Um, so I went into this with, I went into this not really with an expectation because I've never done a gravel race and I didn't care about the result. So I didn't, I mean, I didn't care at all whatsoever. Here's my heart rate data for the. Yeah. All uh, yellow right at the beginning. Yeah. So yeah. it was all yellow. The descents were green and mm -hmm. blue and all the flats were all yellow. Yeah. So, um, I went into it without any expectation, like leading into the race. And then I was so pissed at myself at the start of the race. I mean, you knew I was like, oh, you're ready. But I was so furious at myself because I, I do the same thing. I always put my number plate on. I get everything situated. Mm -hmm. And this race was like just a mad dash. And so when I got to the, the start line, I was just, I was angry um, at myself. And as soon as that car broke off and we could actually race, mm -hmm. I remember uh, Chamberlain was right behind me and he was just sitting with me as we were kind of like weaving through the pack. And he's like, oh, some of the guys back there said we're going to kind of do this as a group ride. I guess not, huh? And I'm like, no, dude, it's a race. Not doing a group ride. Not going to happen. Yeah. So as soon as <laughs> the car pulled off then, I'll be honest with you, and I don't mean to tell him this, uh, I was like, I'm going to drop that son of a bitch. So I, I, wanted, like, I went to race mode. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. my, I went into it with no expectations. And I just wanted to see where am I because I have some really lofty goals for this year. Mm -hmm. Like goals that are way beyond. Like I have to become a new person to get these goals. Like mm -hmm. they're beyond me. I'm not... Like, I'm not good enough to think I can win a race series right now. Um, but I think I can be good enough. Mm. So I wanted to see where I was. Well, once the race started, it went full race mode. And I kind of thought, I, I think I got to find what I was made of. And so I have three giant takeaways. One, uh, I was trying to determine if I'm like a, a sprinter or a climber or this time trial. I'm definitely not a never done time trial. Or like an all-arounder. And... I don't know, just like Captain America. I'm an all-arounder. Mm -hmm. But in the race, I realized that I think my strongest asset is climbing. And that's why I started to realize up left-hand canyon. And I was trying to figure out where it came from, and I attributed it to the only mountain biking I've really done since La Ruta has been single speed. Mm. And single speed has reestablished how hard I pedal uphill because you have a speed, right? Mm -hmm. In the saddle audits, I don't, like you have to push watts. So when I got to the climbing left hand, I could very comfortably sit there grinding a gear that was a gear up than everyone else, and I could just hammer up. So I my takeaway is I, I found out I'm a climber, which not that I'm huge, but I don't have the physique of a climber. You're not 135 pounds. No. Like, and so, yeah, I'm 185. So I've got the climbers by 50. So am I the best climber? Definitely not, because I won't be able to get my power to weight ratio high enough. But mm -hmm. I think that's a stronger suit for me than I thought. I mm -hmm. learned that and I attribute it to single speed racing or riding so far. Uh, the second thing I learned was the indoor training we have done has cultivated a very good spin mm -hmm. because when we're doing those rides, whether it be Sufferfest or the stages solo bikes and running theirs, every stage of solo workout feels like an FTP workout. Mm -hmm. So when I got to all the flats on the course, 
I was able to sit. I remember talking to you. I was like, man, I hope I'm not geared out and spun out. And you're like, oh, we were able to spin our bikes at 20. I was in flats 20, 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wasn't having a, like I was comfortable probably at 95 to 100 RPM. So I've, I've learned to spin. So my other takeaway is my training indoors is translating to spin really well. Mm-hmm. And then the final one, and I'm kind of stretching this, but the final one was you, usually over the last couple of years, I've started races really hot, blown it out, yellow and red, and then kind of moved down into like my 70s and 60s. We're using colors from, from my zone. Yeah. Into like the green and the blue zone. And then I finished without the ability to get back up because I've kind of depleted the stores. Like almost like, not say limp to the finish line, but kind of limp to the finish line. And uh, when I got to that last three-mile section and that guy had jumped away from me, I was able to put my head back down and get back up to 155 beats a minute mm-hmm. and punish yellow home. So I, I raced smart with energy. I still had fuel at the end. Yeah. So those are my three takeaways. Nice. Climber, thanks to single speed. Spin felt amazing thanks to the indoor training. And I still had juice. I raced smart, had energy in the tank to punish it at the end. Nice. So even though after the race, I started looking at results and I got kind of like, oh, I should have got, you know? <laughs> yeah. I should have been even, even higher. Yeah. I think I did pretty well, but I yeah. could have been. I said, no, I have really solid wins here. And, yeah. And that's, it's encouraging. I think one of the other things that, uh, and we were talking about this on the way, the way home, events like that also kind of like establish a new norm. Right? Like, in, what, in what way? Well, from now on, any day that I think about riding my bicycle outside, if it's even one degree warmer, <laughs> it's doable. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you're totally right. You know, like yesterday was probably the coldest. No, it's second coldest, shittiest day I've had on a bike. But from now on, or at least for this year, yeah, I'll be able to like go, well, is it as bad as it was on February 10th? That's a really good point. <laughs> Dur- during the race at the start, too, we're all kind of like, jog- you said yeah. bantering in the race. Yeah. I-, I think I asked a group of whoever was listening, um, hey, guys, it's 28 degrees and kind of foggy, misty, freezing cold out, covered in snow and ice. You guys want to go for a bike ride? Yeah. Like, the yeah. answer's like, no, no. way. <laughs> you would never, you would never, and, and on top of it all, pay money for the privilege. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You drop over 100 bucks to do this. Yeah. Um, and you didn't even get food at the fit. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get food. <laughs> um, 100 bucks back. Yeah, no, it. And I forgot that lesson because just as you said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, new norm that way. Uh, a year ago, I was – well, over uh, a year and a couple months ago now, I was back home for Christmas uh, 2017, and my uncle and I fat biked, and it was, uh, it was negative six degrees Whoa. one day. And we still fat, but we were super geared up, and yeah. it wasn't like a, a bike race. We just did it. Almost. Yeah. But at negative six, and I remember the rest of that year, I was like, well, if it's not negative six. If it's not. But I forgot that lesson yeah. until yesterday. Yeah. Well, no, there it is. And the, you know, the, 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 another way that I get my, I've been getting through hard efforts, whether it's like, but, but did you die? Yeah. Like, did it kill you? Right. No. Like that section really sucked and your hands were cold and you didn't want to do it and your legs were on fire, but did you die? That, that's the <laughs> community part too, because Every single person with you yeah. is going through the same thing. Yeah. Which is cool, right? Like, like there's a bond. There is such a bond. I talk about one to like kill people when I race them. Yeah. But there's such kindred spirits, you know? And it is when the race is over, it's so nice to like hug that dude that you're racing mm-hmm. against or, you know. Yeah. 
And I, I think my favorite part of every race is, is, is this or the version of, you know, last night after everybody was collected and had taken off all their, their cold, wet clothing, we went and the group of us sat down and had some food, some post-race food at Oscar Blues. And we were just, it was war stories. Yeah. Even though we had all just done the exact, oh, do you remember the part where this? And like, yeah, I remember that part. I just did the same thing you did. But we're all just as engaged. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I think, I don't know. I, I know I did Golden Giddy Up last year, and that was a race in its own way. But it's not this. I don't know. It's it's different somehow in my mind. There's a, there's a, a very clear separation of that race and the racing that we're doing this year and uh i'm just kind of glad to be back into it yeah it's it's a different tier yeah right it's not like you had talked about um with your phoenix trip going and riding with friends is awesome Mm -hmm. you know and you have to do it because you have to like riding bikes Mm -hmm. but you can't train for or live in this venue of xc racing or like well xc racing is what we're doing Mm -hmm. without the ability to go to that next level of just there, you know, there's a grit and a pain, suffer. It's really all of those yeah. things at yeah. the next level. Yeah, and if and I think that's another thing. You know, like every time I do one of these, I'm like, I'm pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. You know, uh, like I said on that walk last night, is the first time I felt content. Yeah. And there's something about I posted on Instagram last night a picture of us after we had yeah. eaten all that food, and I thanked the old man winter rally. I think said something like, thank you for, you know, letting me test my spirit or something yeah, like yeah. that. What I really meant was, thanks for letting me see myself. Yeah. Because in those nasty, dirty, gritty races, like, you get to see yourself. And honestly, I don't know. In, in my day-to-day life, I don't get to see that person very often. It's, it's why I race. If day-to-day life was as challenging as that race is. Suicide rates would be way up. <laughs> um, but yesterday was a, you know, yesterday was a good uh, harden the fuck up day. Sure I mean, it, it ratcheted the the hardness level up, I think, for everybody that completed it. You know, especially, in, you know, in our group, we, we've all got some pretty lofty goals. But then there's a few hundred other racers that got a little bit tougher. In In the right people are getting tougher because since the race is finished, we've obviously just dissected the whole thing, race course and, and what we've learned along the way, our takeaways. I've received an email from Chamberlain with his heart rate data. Said, hey, can we sit down this week and go through this and give me some feedback? Uh, Elveson sat in my office today and we went over, okay, what did we learn? What do we need to do? And what's the type of training that we need? And we've already had adjusted his training schedule for the rest of this, this summer as he debates on Epic mm-hmm. still. Um, and so that's three of the five, six racers. Mm-hmm. We've already got detail oriented with what we've already learned because the show's not over. Far from it. You know, this is race one. Yeah, this is like the preface. A lot. These pages don't even count for the book being read. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I was super glad to do it with you guys yesterday, and uh, I'm also super glad that it's over. And I think. The best way I can summarize yesterday, a handful of people texted me. They're like, you know, well, how was the race? And the universal message was, it was awful. I can't wait to do it again. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> can't wait. to. So next year, this is a, yeah. without a doubt. Doing it's on, it next the, it's year, on the schedule. Hands down. You're not like, doing anything else in February. No. What are you doing in February? No. Other so, than being warm. 
<laughs> so old man winter has us yep. locked in. Yep. Um, and we've got a little litmus test on where we're at. Yep. And we know some things we got to work on mm -hmm. before the next check-in event. For sure. Um, I think we probably need to consider wrapping this one up. I do want to mention that we've got some pretty cool sponsorship uh, opportunities that we're not quite finished, so we can't really talk about them um, just yet. But hopefully by the next one, we'll be able to uh, announce some cool partnerships for the year. I'm excited. No, I'm way jacked. So if, if everything goes through as it stands right now, we're going to have some really cool high-end products, high-end components, um, support and backing. But also um, some personal care recovery products as well. Yeah. That so, one's not ironed out all the way yet either. But, so we got uh, cool stuff coming. And uh, it will be excited to kind of share that because one thing we will do is if it works, it works. We're going to talk about it. If it doesn't work, we're going to keep figuring it out because <laughs> yeah. there's no mistakes come August. No, no. Well, and I think, you know, for the, the, the fun thing for hunting for sponsorships where we are is we're not good enough to have Shimano come knocking on our door and me as somebody who loves SRAM products going, man, is the paycheck worth riding something I don't like? Where we are, we can just seek out the stuff that we like, whether it's a component manufacturer or a local company, and go, I like that brand. I like what that brand does. We share values. Let's see if they want to work with me. So I'm excited for that. We just kind of get to pick, and if they're, if they're into it, great. And if not, then we just buy their products. Then we just buy it free. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, everybody, thanks for listening. That's it, guys. That's no ride around. Fuck out! You're weak! You're done!